for joining Time Out with PSOA, where sports officials share their stories to help recruit, train, educate not only sports officials, but players, coaches, administrators, and fans. Through this information, we're going to help make us all better for the game. Thank you for joining Time Out with PSOA. Once again, we are sharing stories with administrators from administrators with coaches from coaches, with umpires from umpires. And today's topic is going to be how officials work with athletic trainers. That is part of the administration group. And our guest today is Bill Kleber, athletic trainer from Creighton Prep High School in Omaha, Nebraska. Bill, welcome to Time Out with PSOA. Why don't you introduce yourself and let, let our folks know sort of your accreditations and what you do. You got it. Well, thanks, Sean. Uh, my name is Bill Kleber. I am an athletic trainer at Creighton Prep High School. I've been there for, uh, let's see, 19 years. Uh, I've been a certified athletic trainer for roughly about 20 years, maybe a little bit longer than that. Um, really, I uh, that's pretty much what I do. I, I do have a, a teaching certificate as well, so I am in the classroom. Uh, my job requirements are I'm a, I'm a full-time athletic trainer through the school, and um, then part-time teacher as well. So it's a good time. It's an adventure every day. Yep. So, so 19 years, a little, little backstory. Myself and, and Bill met each other at University of Nebraska, Omaha. And whenever uh, we talk about our history, we've, we've been doing this for 19 years, 20 years, it makes us realize how old we have become. Well, so. I'm, I'm in my prime, man. <laughs> Excellent. So the, the topics we're going to talk about is the athletic trainers, what do they do before the game to keep the playing environment safe? And then we'll touch on what officials do. What do athletic tra- uh, trainers do during the game um, by rule and by philosophy to keep players and the contest safe? And then what do athletic trainers and officials do together throughout the game and sporting event to keep that safety for all involved? So we'll, we'll touch on... Bill, a, a normal day, you could even talk basketball, baseball, soccer, football, but when does your day start as an athletic trainer to get the playing field slash court ready and the players ready so they're safe? Well, for me, it starts, uh, it, it potentially can start right when I get in during the day. I mean, it all depends on our game schedule. So uh, a normal day for me is I get in roughly around 11 a.m., and I'm there until our practices or games are done. Um, as far as getting, you know, the field ready, sometimes some of that setup is done during the day. Uh, some of it is done closer to game time. Uh, I try to get everything done before the end of our school day, uh, just because that's when the athletic training room becomes incredibly busy. So that's the point in time when we're taking care of the athletes, either getting them some last-minute rehab or possibly taping before a game. Um taking them through whatever they need to do to be ready to to play medically that night and then go from there. Um, As far as kind of what gets set up and how we do things, you're really looking at the the beginning of the school year as far as going through like emergency action plans and making sure that everybody's on the same page should something happen, that sort of thing, as as far as like a, a potential catastrophic injury or something like that. Um. For the most part, you know, by this point in the year, we're, we're getting ready for the f- uh, spring season to get rolling. So we retouch on that a little bit with our coaches. And then uh, on a on a day-to-day basis, it, it goes from 
setting up the water, checking the weather, um, making sure we know what we're in for that night to the best of our knowledge and then go from there. Yeah. In, you know, you, you stated you get to school at 11 o'clock, you're going to be setting up the field and here comes sports officials walking into the gym, walking into the football field and saying, Hey, these chairs can't be this close to the playing court. We got to move these chairs back. Hey, these pylons or field markers have to be three yards off, not on the field on the out of bounds line. Hey, there's a sewer drain that's uncovered, unpadded. Um, so it's officials working together with administration, such as the athletic trainer. And officials, when you show up to a game site, if something is unsafe, let that athletic trainer know because they're going to either do it themselves and set up the field correctly so the next set of sports officials don't have to do it, or they're going to let whoever does set up that field and court so those that playing environment, that court is safe and players and officials won't trip on something, land on something, it's all taken care of. Um, so there's a lot more that goes into player safety when it comes to setting up the field, setting up the court, and officials walking around the field and court making sure it is safe to play. Um, exactly. I mean, I, one thing about an athletic trainer's job is, is we also have a responsibility to check out the playing area, the playing field, the playing surface, even if you will. So Give an example if uh, if an official comes out on the basketball court and says, "Hey, your your bench is set up too close to the to the court." That's no problem. We just move it back or get somebody to do that. Uh, one of the bigger problems we've had at prep was a couple of years ago we had a, a soccer district, and our turf was was very old and had worn through at one area through the turf and onto the tire area. Um, so in in field turf, you've got a level of rocks, you've got a level of tires, and then you have the turf on top of that. And the turf had worn all the way through to the tires. So the soccer official came over and said, I'm not sure if this is a, a safe and playable situation. Um, eventually, we just kind of got together and said, okay, what do we think on this? It was a very small area. It didn't have a significant level change so that we weren't worried about would sprain an ankle there. But, you know, that that's something that can be very concerning. Uh, you look at a baseball field, if your outfield has some holes in it, you don't realize it. Um you want to know that. You want to hopefully, hopefully your coaches see it. Hopefully the athletic trainer sees it. Hopefully we can um, fix it in time for the game, and hopefully the official doesn't have to worry about it. But inevitably, there's going to be something every once in a while that an official might say, "Hey, this this isn't safe." So, and that's a communication thing. Yep. So the next thing, the field, the court, we're good, we're legal, we're playable. It's nice and safe. Now, when the game gets started. You know, us sports officials, we're, we're trying to keep the game safe. We're trying to keep the game fair. Um, what is it that you do? And now we'll go more on the football side of it because that is more of a collision sport. Sure. Um, what are you doing throughout a game? What are you looking for? What are you watching when it comes to player safety? So for me, I try to have an angle where I can see almost everybody on the, on the field. Uh, I don't like standing right, even with the line of scrimmage. I'd prefer to stand kind of behind one of the groups so I can try to see everybody. Um, I am looking for any situation where a player goes down and is not getting up and um, trying to figure out, okay, is this a situation where we need to go out and help the player out, or is this a situation where um, the player is going to get up slowly? It's just taking him a little bit of time. The nice part is the officials are great because they're right out there and they can check on that. 
um, when they do that, you know, it, it, it's good to have a, a conversation with the officials ahead of time. And most high school football officials, if not all, have told us, you know, if you see an injury, come on out. And then we'll take care of the clock and we'll take care of stopping the game. Just because you've got 22 players out there and only a handful of referees and only a handful of athletic trainers. So we want to get out there and, and help as soon as we can with that. Yeah, I, I know I'm one of the referees in football that I always find an athletic trainer. Sometimes both teams have it. But I go, I go up to the athletic trainer. Hey, during the game, if we miss a player that is showing any signs of injury, you go up to the nearest official, you stop the game, and you get that player out of the game. Um, and athletic trainers, a lot of times, they see those symptoms quicker or better than sports officials. Um, so now not every game has an athletic trainer. Right. That's where it's, you know, when you don't have an athletic trainer, it's really difficult. Um, then you're looking at it's almost the head coach's responsibility to provide first aid to that athlete as needed. And the officials then probably have an extra eye out for injuries saying, okay, what's going on here? Um, the nice part I've found, I appreciate it when an official brings a kid over and says, hey, you need to look at number 22. He took a good hit to the head. We need to make sure he's okay. I, I don't think an official could ever go wrong doing that, just simply because they're trying to keep the game safe. They're also letting me know what's going on there so then I can keep an extra eye on that kid. I can take him through an evaluation if I need to uh, and then determine if he's okay to come back in and play. You know, we were talking about football, but that's that's one thing that soccer has started to do is if the center official sees that there's a potential head injury, they will just stop the game immediately, no matter what's going on, bring the kid over and say, would the athletic trainer evaluate him and then tell the line judge if he's okay or not okay to go. So that's that's something I really appreciate with officials when they do that. Doesn't always happen, but uh, it's a good thing when it does. Yeah, You know, you, you talked about if there's not an athletic trainer there, you, you know, there are millions of youth sports contests out there. Right. Head coaches, you are responsible for that player's safety. Right. We have a lot of parents listening to this podcast. Parents, if the head coach is caught up in the heat of the moment, in, in strategy of the game, you know your child the best. Find a way to get the head coach's attention. Find a way to get the sports official's attention. Shut that game down. And when in doubt, sit that player out. Absolutely. I mean, especially with, with head injuries and concussions. So in the state of Nebraska, we do have actually the concussion law, uh, which went into effect, I believe it was 2012, and then it was uh, revamped in 2014. My, my years might be wrong on that, but if a coach sees an athlete and has symptoms of a concussion, that athlete has to come out, and he has to stay out. He or she has to stay out uh, until they can be evaluated by a medical professional. Um, you know, you, you hope that that that's what's happening. Um, hopefully it does. Sometimes the coach may not be aware of it. Um, it is up to the organization to provide concussion training to that coach and also to the parents. But, uh, you know, in, in the heat of a game, things happen. Um, sometimes a kid may get symptoms of a head injury well after a game. So, I mean, these are all things that, you know, the kid might be fine, and then all of a sudden the next day comes in and says, hey, my, my head's not okay. That happens. So, I mean, you know, you got to – be kind, be graceful, or have some grace with the people doing it. But at the same time, the most important thing is keeping that kid safe. Yep. You know, we're talking about a player now. Now, let's just transition to weather. Okay. When we talk about um, 
here in Nebraska, you, you could have all four seasons within one hour. Um, what is it the athletic trainers look for when it comes to lightning or unsafe weather for players to play in? Well, you know, let, let's start with the fall here. So football season, obviously, it starts when everything's hot. And you're looking at a pretty high heat index. You're looking at um, you're looking at an abnormally high wet bulb temperature. And so what we're concerned about there is an athlete getting any form of heat illness from heat exhaustion all the way to heat stroke. So the first thing you got to do is, is you have to be in tune with the weather. You have to know we're planning on a hot day today. What does that mean? Well, first of all, is it even okay for us to be out there in practice? We all go through taking temperatures on the field. Uh, The state just transitioned over to a wet bulb temperature rather than using the heat index. What that does is it gives us a number that tells us uh, it's just another tool of measurement that tells us if it's safe to be out there playing or not, playing or practicing. From there, uh, we usually have a meeting with our coaches, say, hey, look, we're looking at You try to look ahead here, say, okay, at 3 o'clock this afternoon, it's going to be hot. What can we do with practice here? Can we modify it? Um, According to the rules, we all have this chart that tells us, here's the threshold where we can't have practice. Here's the threshold where it has to be no pads. Here's the threshold where it's just business as usual. Um, And you have a meeting with your coaches ahead of time so that they're not shocked when you go out there at 3 o'clock and say, hey, by the way, we can't practice today. Then you get a game plan going. Uh, For us... I've been lucky. My coaches have been very good about saying, okay, we're either not going to practice today, we might move it inside, we're going to get off the turf, get on the grass, Uh, we're going to have 10 more water breaks today than what's scheduled. Um, On my end, I fill up a cold tub just in case someone should come down with a heat problem so that we can put them in there and go from there. And, uh, you know, that's where that starts as far as that goes. When you look at lightning... This is complicated because lightning is, you know, you never know when it's going to happen. Um, you have an idea that there might be severe weather coming in, but, you know, here in Nebraska, that can change on the 10 minutes before it's supposed to hit, so you never know. But you kind of go over your protocols with it. So uh, for the state of Nebraska, uh, you're looking at if if you see lightning, you either go with a flash to bang, which is it's – Start counting down until you hear the thunder, and every five seconds is one mile, okay? Now, that's one thing. Other than that, we also have our lightning detectors and different uh, technologies that we use to make sure we know where it is. And then when it hits roughly under 10 miles, we want to get everybody off the field. So that's, that's one thing. In my experience, when an official sees lightning, they usually will stop the game. And that's not a bad thing. Um, they will usually stop the game. They'll come over and find me and say, hey, do you have the lightning meter? Do you have any idea of knowing where the storm is? Take a look at it, and then we try to determine if we can keep going and playing or not. Sometimes if you see lightning and you don't hear thunder, the storm is actually pretty far away. Sometimes not. So that's how that goes. And it's always something you want to err on the side of caution. If, if, a, if an official stops the game for lightning and pulls us off the field, um, I really don't have a problem with that. It's something where, you know, that's part of the thing where us as athletic trainers, we have a responsibility there, but the officials do as well. So that's a great time for communication. 
Uh, the officials usually don't have a lightning detector or a radar while they're out officiating a game. So that's why, you know, it's great they can come over to me and I can say, here's where it's at. Here's what I think we should do and go from there. Yeah. And, you know, I, I have a lot of experiences and stories when it comes to adverse weather. Um, just last year in the Northern Sun Conference baseball tournament, we had uh, a wind gust. Uh, I don't even, a, a wall cloud literally come in and felt like a tornado. It was a five-second tornado. And, you know, administrators came down, showed us the the the, the weather app, and it was about 10 minutes before it hit. No lightning, no rain, no nothing. We just knew it was coming. We got everybody off the field. It was literally five seconds before it hit. Everybody was inside and safe. Um, so I said it earlier in the podcast, I'm going to say it again in the podcast. Parents, coaches, if there's not an athletic trainer out there, officials are taught, when in doubt, sit them out. Get them off the field. Get them in a safe location so they remain safe. Uh, it, it, it boggles my mind when sports officials will get the game suspended and the sports officials go to their car, the sports officials go indoors, and here we have the fans sitting on metal bleachers. We have oh, no. athletes wearing metal <laughs> yeah. cleats and sitting on metal benches. So please be smart, and when the game is suspended, not only get off the field, get to a safe location. Well, and that's something where the home site should have a, uh, a plan in place. Hey, you know, we're going to – we've got lightning coming through here. We've got a storm coming through, so let's put both baseball teams inside a gymnasium. Let's put uh, the fans inside a, a commons area, cafeteria, something like that, and then go from there. And, and uh, hopefully hopefully the, the host site has a plan in place for that. Um, and if not, you, you just got to say, okay, everybody return to your cars and let's get out of the weather and then give it some time and then wait for the all clear to happen and come back into this game and finish the game if you can. We've had a lot of times too, where I can remember, I can remember, uh, football games having to suspend them because of lightning come back the next morning on Saturday and finish a game or baseball. We've had that too. Even in the state tournament, we've had games where right before we even started, a storm came through knocked pretty much everything off schedule for the day, and then we had to come back the next morning and play the game. And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, it it's not the most convenient thing, but it is the safest thing. So we're going to go to the end of this podcast here. And, Bill, you don't know this, but one of the reasons why I invited you as an athletic trainer to come on here, I, I, I have heard that just like sports officials in the athletic training world, there is a shortage. There needs to be more athletic trainers um, and what has happened in the NFL this previous season, you know, that catastrophic injury that when there's an athletic trainer on site and medical professional right there, you're there to save a life. Um, and even in the college rule now, there are baseball teams and conferences that will not play a baseball game unless there's an athletic trainer on site. And I know this past weekend four games weren't able to be played because there wasn't an athletic trainer available. Um, so as an athletic trainer – um, what is it that you do that is rewarding for your job? I think for me, the most rewarding part about my job is knowing that I had an impact in helping a kid out, whether it be making sure that the kid can play and play at the highest level he can medically, health-wise, or if a kid gets injured, helping them get back into the game, 
or the simple thing of when they get injured, being able to reassure them and say, hey, this is what's going on. This is our next step. And we go from there. And and then, you know, it's, it's rewarding. The, my favorite thing in the world is seeing a kid who unfortunately has gotten hurt come back and do what he wants to do and play well. You know, having a running back come back and be able to carry the ball, be able to score a touchdown, having a kid get another at bat after he did a – he did some sort of an injury. He uh, sprained his ankle or, or got hit with the ball or something serious like that. For me, that's the best thing. You know, as far as the shortage of athletic trainers go, it's that's tough. I mean, you look at the city of Omaha, you know, for a long time, there weren't athletic trainer jobs available. You know, everyone, you know, a lot of, there was a lot of great jobs out there. They were all taken. And now there's certain places that are having a tough time filling jobs. And, you know, I don't know... I don't 100% know why that is. I've got some ideas, but, um, you know, it's, it's interesting. And it's it's something where if, if you can afford to have athletics, you really should have an athletic trainer there just based on someone who is able to take care of the athletes when they get injured. Uh, it helps you as a business if you're a, a sports organization, if you're a little league, if you're a high school, um, just so that you have someone there that can be the expert on that that can provide care rather than having to worry about where it's going to come from and someone that can direct the situation to get the best outcome for that athlete. So somebody listening to this podcast, you know, they love sport. They don't want to coach it. They're done playing it. They don't want to officiate it. Oh shoot. They're listening. I could become an athletic trainer. I could be on the sideline. I, I could be in the dugout and have the best seat in the house. How does somebody get registered and certified and where could they go to get a job? Sure. Well, you look at, uh, so, you know, you could be like me. You could retire from football at the age of 14 after day three because you're not the toughest human being ever. And uh, just decide that you want to do something with sports and you enjoy the medical field. Uh, the easiest way to do this is you have to, you know, you get your undergraduate degree in whatever you're looking at. And then apply to a, a university that has an accredited athletic training program for your master's degree. So athletic training has transitioned into a professional school postgraduate. Once you get in there, you've got two and a half, three years worth of courses and and, uh, clinicals that will give you as much experience as they can. And then once you graduate from there, you know, you're qualified to really uh, apply for just about any athletic training job out there. Now, there's going to be some where let's say you want to work Division I football in college right out of right out of school, they may want you to have more experience there, so you may want to do an internship somewhere. Um, professional sports really do require an internship almost, just about all of them. But high school-wise, you can apply for a high school job. You can apply for a clinical job. You can apply for a college job. Um, right now, one of the big things that's starting up is the industrial position. So, I mean, you're not necessarily working games there, but you're dealing with people that have an athletic-related injury. Uh, the military is starting to hire athletic trainers. Uh, so it's it's a field that is, even though it seems like the numbers are low, the job possibilities have increased quite a bit over the last 10 years. And uh, there's something out there for just about everyone that's going into it. So just to sum up this podcast for all of our listeners out there, you know, if you're an administrator, you know, take the advice um, from Bill, you know, find an athletic training person, um, find an athletic training company that will supply athletic trainers for your practices, for your games. Um, it, it will keep the players safe. 
it will keep the game safe. And if there is an injury, it will increase the likelihood that player to come back full throttle and be able to produce for your team and organization. Um, coaches, if there's not an athletic trainer out there, you know, take some of that information that we shared today of when in doubt, sit them out. Always do what's best for the safety of that player. You know, Absolutely. just because it's 30 seconds left in the fourth quarter and that's your best running back, you want to let that play is not going to be more, more important than the next 60 years of that player's life. Absolutely. Um, officials, same exact idea. When in doubt, sit them out. If you see an injury, stop the game, get that player off the field or court, have a medical professional take a look at them before they come back into the game. If there's not a medical professional on site, again, it's, it's better than not playing in that game than them coming to play in that game and all of a sudden they were hurt and now we just made it worse. Um, when in doubt, sit them out. Um, and then parents, you are the last lifeline. All right? You are the one that are going to love your child the most, the best interest. If you see your son or daughter and they're injured or they're not showing that normal behavior, find the coach, find the sports official. Get them out of the game for the safety of that player. Um, before we close it up, Bill, is there any final words, stories, advice um, that you could give our listeners to make that impact on a situation that they might see here in the next season? Uh, you know, I've got a got a ton of stories. I mean, I could probably think of, but you know, the main thing is is athletic trainers. Well, my favorite part of my job is. Like I said, I can help people out, but also you earn a rapport with your coaches and your athletes, and, and you earn their trust. And when you have their trust and also the parents' trust, it's good to have somebody out there that's watching out for them that, that cares about the kid, uh, cares about how well they do, but also is, is smart enough and, and strong enough not to put them in a situation that's hurtful or has the potential to be uh, injury-prone. Or Well, I'm not saying that right. has the potential to be an injury situation. You know, we had a situation. Um, I was working a football game. You were an athletic trainer on the game, and it, it was a blindside hit on, I believe it was your your snapper, your center. Oh yeah. And uh, and he was he was knocked out. He was knocked out cold. Um, and I, I think a great story is you know, you talk about that rewarding of helping a kid get back. You know, what did you do for that child that day? And then what did you do? when he came back um, from the injury to get him, you know, not only physically, but mentally um, ready? Well, at the time, you know, it was a pretty intense situation, if I remember right. So at the time, my job was to make sure that, you know, he is stabilized on the field. Uh, we did uh, alert EMS and go through the emergency action plan at, I believe it was uh, at a different field than ours, but went through their emergency action plan. Both athletic trainers from both schools helped out. Uh, our team doctors came out as well, and we went through our protocols with that. He did regain consciousness on the field, but there you're concerned about a head or neck injury. The officials did a great job of stopping the game, getting the players off to their sidelines. They recognize, okay, this is going to be an injury that's going to take some time on the field. So they got the kids over to their sidelines, uh, spine boarded the kid, got him to the hospital. X-rays turned out okay. Uh, he did have a concussion, if I remember correctly. Uh, and then... We take them through the concussion protocol at the school, whatever that is. We have our own at prep. Um, schools and school districts have theirs. Once he cleared through that, and it took a little bit of time for him, then it's 
it's getting them back on the field and getting them back on the field to where they're comfortable. You know, and with him, he was chomping at the bit to get back out there. But at the same time, you know, you don't want to move him too fast. So getting him back out, uh, getting him in the mindset to know that it's as safe as it can be with him out there. Uh, his situation, getting a concussion was abnormal. You don't usually see a blindside hit like that. Normally it's just um, blocking for him and, and protecting the quarterback. So putting him in that situation, making him understand what happened to him wasn't normal, and then go from there. And, you know, luckily he was able to come back and do okay. Um, and that's that's really all you can do as an athletic trainer. And then when you see him – Suiting up and getting back on the field, you know he's nervous. I'm nervous. Coaches are nervous. But uh, you know how sports are. You get about two plays in and everybody's calmed down. The nerves are gone, and then you just play. So that worked out okay at the end. Yeah, it, it, It's always great seeing a player get treated well, treated professionally, and then, like you said, healed up not only physically but mentally, and then going on um, with the football game, with the basketball game. And it, if – those of you who do know me, I, I, I say this a lot. Sport teaches life. Absolutely. And, and you're going to have injuries in, in life. And when you take care of yourself with the recovery and then get back to whatever life was, and you're going to see yourself. You're going to be stronger mentally. You're going to be stronger physically. Um, so, yeah, you might take one or two steps backwards, but that one or two steps backwards is going to be five, six, seven steps forwards. Well, never, never discount – no matter what level of athletics, never discount the mental side of it, especially when you're looking at a high school kid because there's a couple things that I always say. We have kids that when they get injured, to a coach, to an adult, to another player, it might not seem like much, but it might be the first time this kid's ever been hurt. He's never had a problem before, and now all of a sudden he has something going on. Never discount the fact that, okay, they're, they're still coming back from something that they're not ready for. Um and then as far as the, the mental side of it goes, sometimes you actually have to say to a kid, are you sure you want to keep doing this? Are you okay? You know, well, my job isn't to win a game. I mean, my job is more to make sure the kid's out there safe, make sure he's comfortable out there, make sure he understands risks, but also understands what is safe and what is not, and go from there. Well, Bill, I think you just uh, did a little teaser here of what is to come in the PSOA uh, podcast. Uh, we are going to ha- take a look at the sports psychology of sports in the future on Time Out with PSOA. Uh, But, Bill, thank you for taking time out with PSOA today. Um, Hopefully this information helps keep a game safe, a field safe, a player safe down the line. And sports officials, until the next time out with PSOA, remember, you're only as good as your last call. A Heard at Sports Network production.